Are you ready to free the body and free the soul? Join Dr. David, the cutting edge doc, as he guides us on today's journey. Here's Dr. David. Welcome, friends. Welcome to another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. I'm your host, Dr. David, the cutting edge doc. And here on Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, we do in-depth interviews with individuals that are doing cutting-edge work in the areas of healing, spirituality, and social transformation. I'm very excited about today's show. We're going to be continuing in our multiple show series on essential oils so that you can uh, get oriented to them from many different viewpoints. And my special guest today is a woman who is just amazing to me. Her name is Allie Phillips, and she is definitely an expert on the use of therapeutic-grade essential oils. And uh, she approaches her work from many angles, but the two that I'm really interested in introducing you to today are, number one, her work with essential oils to help animals, and secondly, her approaching essential oils from a multi-dimensional perspective that includes a, a deep sensitivity to frequency and flow and emotions and helping people connect with the larger rhythms of life and of spirit. And so uh, just to tell you a little bit about Allie, Allie is uh, an attorney who actually doesn't try cases, but she uses her attorney skills in other ways that she'll tell you about. And she is also, uh, she's a published author. She uh, teaches uh, in international settings, uh, helping to empower people to empower their pets through the use of essential oils. And uh, I'm sure she does all sorts of other things that I don't even know about yet. She seems tireless to me and incredibly passionate. I love her combination of head and heart and energy. So without further ado, let's bring Allie Phillips into the conversation. Allie, welcome to Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul. Oh, thank you, David. I, I really appreciate this invitation. This is going to be fun. Good. If there's a way that you can turn up your microphone volume a little bit, it'll balance out uh, my volume and your volume. All right. Is that is that better? Yeah. You see if you can even bring it up a little bit, okay. your microphone volume a little bit more or speak a little bit louder. Okay. I have it up as high as it can go. So okay. I, I will do my best knowing how long this could be. I'll do my best to keep my voice up. Okay, good. Good. And if we need to, I'll try to do some post-production editing, but try. try. Okay. So um, most of my viewers and listeners know that one of the things that makes Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul different from most other shows is that we do in-depth interviews. So there's a lot of time for the viewers and the listeners to bond with you and really get to know you so that when we get more into the content, so to speak, of the interview, people have a, a place to listen from where they really have a deeper sense of what is happening. So let me just turn it over to you and invite you to introduce yourself and tell your story with a particular emphasis of what got you to this point with essential oils and with animals 
and with frequencies. So as you said, I'm, I'm a very interesting blend. I am a, a daily blend of right brain, left brain activity, which makes for a lot of fun conversations in my head. But I am, uh, career-wise, I'm an attorney. I have been an attorney since 1994, and my field of specialty is criminal prosecution which a lot of people, when they hear about my healing work, they're very surprised to hear that. So my specialty has been criminal prosecution since basically day one. And I was a frontline criminal prosecutor in the courtroom, trying cases every single day for almost nine years. And uh, that happened uh, in Lansing, Michigan, where I currently live. And that certainly took its toll on me. Um, I have always been since day one of my life, I've always been a very highly sensitive person. You know, you play um, especially classical music and I will cry, which made it unbearable when I started taking ballet lessons at the age of three, because I would wail in class because I feel music, I feel art. And so a lot of people were very surprised that A, I went to law school, and B, I became a prosecutor. And it really started to take its toll on me because I was handled, when you're a prosecutor, you see the worst of humanity. You see terrible things that people do to each other and do to animals. And I have always been, um, I've always had a kinship with animals. And it was about halfway through my career as a prosecutor when a detective, and I, and I won't go into the gory details, but I was at a homicide scene, and a detective made a comment in a joking way that I was so stone cold over it, which I had become in order to process the horrificness of what I saw every day. It was at that moment that I knew I needed to get back in touch with my softer side, my more emotional side. Otherwise, I was going to go down a path that I knew would impact my physical health. My emotional and my mental health had already been impacted. So I started volunteering at the local animal control. And boy, was that, it was a good move, but it was not a good move um, because it was a shelter that not only had an extremely high euthanasia rate, um, about only about 10% of the animals were making it out of the shelter alive, but they were also selling the animals to research. And when I learned that, I decided to put an end to that, which I did, um, and that's become one of my legal specialties. It's a concept called pound seizure, and I've written a book on it. It's the only book on the planet that addresses this very specific issue um, involving animals. And a lot of people don't know that, but they don't know that animals that are used in experimentation are coming from animal shelters. So, so anyway, so it didn't necessarily end up being um, very emotionally satisfying or restful for me uh, because I was, after a full day of being a prosecutor, handling felony cases and the worst of the worst, I was then coming home and working four to five hours every night to save animals out of that shelter. And it wasn't until uh, about three, four years later, I ended up moving out to the Washington, D.C. area, to Alexandria, Virginia. 
And I left the courtroom and I started working nationally for the National District Attorneys Association. And it was in that capacity that I really realized that I had been um, kind of physically and energetically playing it very small. And I was all of a sudden presented with a national stage to have a voice. Because when you work for the National District Attorneys Association, you teach. We go around and we teach on our specialties. So I had been... I had a lot of different specialties as a prosecutor. I was a racketeering expert. I was a white collar crime expert, but I also did a lot in family violence. So I, so I started in the child abuse division at NDAA. And on day one, I approached my boss and said, why aren't people talking about how animal abuse links to child abuse and family violence? And he said, that's a good question. Why don't you take it on? And I did. And that has been my specialty since 2003 and i've been teaching on that um, all across the country and now i travel internationally um, in fact uh, about a week and a half ago i was in europe um, teaching at a conference in amsterdam and so what was interesting is as i was doing that work and really going to the next level my stress levels continued and even though i wasn't dealing with the cases in the courtroom, I was still working with prosecutors and law enforcement, handling these cases. So, you know, the vicarious trauma and the compassion fatigue of working with child abuse victims and animal abuse victims certainly kept taking its toll on me. Add to that that I was traveling extensively. I mean, there were weeks that I was on the road every single week. And, um, and it, and it just really took its toll on me. So it was about, how many years? Um, it was about, gosh, eight years into that. I, I spent 11 and a half years in the DC area. And it was in 2011 that I decided to open up my business called Manifested Harmony. But actually I need to backtrack a little bit because um, it was in late 2007, so I was a solid four years into this energy in Washington, D.C., which that city has an energy all on its own, and it's, it's incredibly draining, um, and it's angry. It's angry, violent energy. And I, I stumbled across a natural wellness expo in Maryland, and I went to it. And I saw a booth and it was a Reiki booth. And I'm like, what the heck is Reiki? <laughs> and the lady at the booth said, um, would you like to have a sampling of Reiki? And I said, sure, I don't know what it is. And she said, is there any part on your body that hurts? And I said, yeah, I've had a pain in my left shoulder for a year. And, you know, massage and er everything, nothing has helped. It's still there. It feels like somebody stabbed me. And she was working on it and five minutes later, she leaned over me and she said, where are you in your spiritual journey? I said, oh, sweet pea, I'm a prosecutor. I've heard it all. You can say whatever you want. Nothing phases me. And she said, somebody has put a hook in you. I said, I actually envision it like Captain Hook. She said, yeah, you have a hook. And the person may be in this lifetime. It may be in a past lifetime or a parallel life. And she said, do I have permission to remove it? And I said, sure. And it was gone and it's never come back. And so 
my lawyer brain could not comprehend what had just happened. So I immediately signed up to take my first energy healing class, which was Reiki one. And I took that. And with all the other students in the class, everybody's, you know, feeling the energy and seeing their dead grandmother and all this other stuff. And I just kept saying to my teacher, I got nothing. I feel nothing. And he said, just keep doing it. He said, you're too much in, in, in your lawyer brain. Just keep doing it. It'll come to you. And a couple weeks later, I took Reiki too. And again, I was like, okay, I kind of feel some stuff. And he said, just keep doing it. Just keep doing it. You are getting your left and your right brain coordinated now and synchronized. And then I took um, some integrated energy therapy classes. It's similar to Reiki, um, but it's an angelic energy. And again, my lawyer brain is like, angelic energy, what? So I took that. And then that opened me up to the next level where I started uh, taking crystal healing classes because ever since I could walk as a child, I've always been fascinated by rocks and stones and crystals and I'd pick up the previous ones that I could find. And so I took um, 18 months of very intensive crystal training from a science teacher. And so over, oh my gosh, how many years? Um, three, three and a half years, I ended up becoming a Reiki master teacher. I become an integrated energy therapy master instructor. I did both of those in the same week, which was very interesting for my energy. And then I became an advanced crystal master. And when I had all of this, remember, I'm still working for the National District Attorneys Association. I'm training prosecutors and law enforcement. I'm busy. I'm on the road. 60-hour weeks were the norm. And I just had this epiphany. I need to share this. Because I was starting to learn all of this because I, I have, since 2000, I have been volunteering and helping in animal shelters. And that's what I was primarily using this energy for was to help shelter animals be their best in a shelter so that they can be adopted. And I just thought, I can't keep this to myself. I love to teach. I teach in my legal career. So, okay, I'm going to open up a healing academy and teach people. And then Can I interrupt for a minute? Yes. I have a question that's kind of been burning for okay. several minutes. Sure. Given that you were so empathic and sensitive from the beginning of your life, what moved you to go into the lion's den and become an attorney? Because ever since I was a child, I was fascinated by Nancy Drew. Okay. I have loved crime stories. And I mean, for for a year, I insisted that my parents call me Nancy. <laughs> I just, I love Nancy Drew. And, you know, and it, the law just came easily to me. Maybe a combination of mystery and your, your the value that you have on justice and on the right use of power. Yes. Yes. And I have, I have since, through a couple of past life regressions, now realize why, why I've created a couple of programs that I've created, which I haven't even talked about yet, um, and why I got into that field, um, because I am karmically repairing justice. Right. Lifetime. I, I got that. Okay, so anyway, that was just burning. So 
Yeah. So do you, do you want to go ahead with your story? Sure. So in, so in like spring of 2011, I opened up Manifested Harmony. And so at that point I became multi-careered and I've always been a very hard worker. Sometimes I work a little too much. Um, and so that became the norm for me. And I just started teaching classes and teaching people what I know and really specializing in animals because there's not many people out there who understand animals, um, intuitively understand them, understand energy and understand how how to work with animals and energy because animals are naturally attuned to energy healing. And so when they sense the energy from us, it's, it can be a little confusing to animals because we are actually the lower species under animals. I know that can be hard for people to hear, um, but animals are incredibly intuitive and humans have dulled that sense in them. So when an animal comes across somebody who is attuned to energy healing, and especially three different modalities like I am, they're, they look at you funny like, wait, you're one of us. What, how did this happen? So that's what I teach people about is, is really how to understand animals. They all have a purpose. They don't have karma um, coming into this lifetime, but they have a purpose. They have a mission for serving us. And when we can understand that we can do the best that we can for them and help them with their mission. And so I really started teaching a lot of classes and then, you know, like Reiki opened up the door to integrated energy therapy and integrated energy therapy opened up the door to crystals. It was in 20, very early 2013. I was flying home to DC from, Tucson, Arizona, where I had been at the Tucson International Gem and Mineral Show, which is awesome. If you haven't gone, you got to go if you love crystals. And so I was flying back with probably 200 pounds of crystals in the belly of the airplane. <laughs> so we were flying high. And I had this epiphany that I needed to learn about essential oils for animals because I had used essential oils for probably 15 years. Any oil that I could find in the store, the cheaper, the better. I didn't know what they did. Nobody in the stores could answer my questions. You know, I, I didn't know how to use them. There was very little education at that time. And they didn't work. They, they just didn't. They just smelled. And, you know, I, I just didn't know how to use them. Even though I read books, it's like, you know, my lawyer brain always says to me, well, who says that this oil or this crystal does this? Who, who's, who made that up? Where did that come from? And so on this flight back, I realized, okay, I'm specializing in the healing of animals and I need to add essential oils to this repertoire, but the oils that I've used in the past didn't work. So there's gotta be something. So I remember sitting in the parking lot of Reagan National Airport. I had just landed and I start Googling essential oils for, for pets and site after site after site came up that said, don't do it. It'll kill them. It'll harm them. And of course my lawyer brain never accepts no. And I'm like, well, there's gotta be a way, there's gotta be a way around this. And I found one website 
that was all about essential oils for pets. She happened to live an hour away from me in Northern Virginia. So I called her up and left her a message and said, you don't know who I am, but I really need to come and pick your brain. I really need to know more about this. The next day, I'm sitting in her living room and for four hours, she is downloading all this information about essential oils for animals. And she introduced me to Young Living. And so she's my enroller. She got me involved because I, I only got involved in Young Living Essential Oils because of the animals. I did not do it for me, even though I was falling apart physically. I had never been more sick than I had been. Um, I was exhausted. I was not only in adrenal fatigue, I was in adrenal failure and was treating with holistic doctors. And they were giving me herbal supplements and changing my diet and trying to tra change stress management for me, um, which that's an oxymoron, stress management. <laughs> it's like time management. You can't do that. So I was really trying to change my lifestyle. But again, okay, I just added a second career. So I was doing more and more and more and more. And my doctors were like, you're, literally, your heart is going to burn out if you don't stop. But it's like, no, this is, this is something I feel very strongly that I need to do. I need to do both, my legal career and my healing career. And I don't know why, because they don't, they're not connecting. And I just kept going and going and going. And then, um, so I started learning more about the oils, a lot of self-study. And it was in, it was about a year later. It was in like April of 2014. I was actually back here in Michigan running a conference for the National District Attorneys Association. I was running a big week-long child abuse conference in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I looked at my coworkers and I said, I'm done, I'm done, I'm just done, I'm done. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, I'm done, I'm leaving DC, I'm moving back to Michigan. I, it'll probably take me a year, but I'm done. There was just something in that moment and it was the culmination of the Reiki energy, the integrated energy therapy energy, the crystal energy, because I have hundreds of pounds of crystals all over my house. And the use of the essential oils, because I was using them on me before I ever used them with an animal. And I just got to this point where I just intuitively knew I'm done. I'm leaving. DC is too stressful. It's going to kill me. I've got to leave. And 11 months later, a big moving van came and packed up my life and me and three cats got in a car and nine and a half hours later, we were back in Michigan. And I've been back here since March of 2015. And so I really, um, um, what's a good word? I basically walked away from what I was doing legally and decided that I, that needed to go into a different direction and so since then, I have been my own boss. Um, I consult with, right now I'm consulting with the Institute for Human-Animal Connection at University of Denver, because that's my specialty, is human-animal interactions in the criminal justice system. And I have ramped up really the essential oil part of my business because I see the results faster than with, with traditional energy healing. Energy healing is awesome. Crystals are awesome, um, but when somebody, a person or a pet, needs quicker results, 
then that's, that's my go-to. And so I've really ramped up that education. And, and I found a way to blend both of these worlds by doing this. And so now I am teaching, I still teach prosecutors and law enforcement, um, child protection, family violence, and animal protection professionals. And I, and I teach them on legal concepts, but I'm also educating them about vicarious trauma, compassion, fatigue, and burnout, and incorporating in energy techniques and essential oils in language that they will accept. Well, and, you're a very good teacher and you are a bridge builder, for sure. Yeah. And so what's it, so this past July at a very large child abuse conference here in Michigan, I set up a healing room at the conference and I was amazed at the detectives that came in to sit in the healing room and the people that came to the presentation. And I use, I use the language of the criminal justice system. You will never hear me use the word Reiki or energy healing or meditation or grounding. They're going to roll their eyes and walk right out the door. So I use words, just like, you know, nat natural wellness, um, you know, just taking care of yourself, you know, go for a walk outside. And I tell them what to do, but I'm not calling it grounding. Um, so it's, I'm able to take my credentials in the criminal justice field and introduce the healing to those people because they need it the most. I understand. Uh, one question I have because you're expert in both crystals and gems and essential oils is, can you talk about the relationship of the two in the healing arts? Like when would you tend to use one? When would you tend to use the other? When would you tend to use both? So, so crystals and oils, um, work very well together because they are biological systems and we are biological systems. And what I like to use crystals for is to have them out in the environment so that they are constantly changing the energy of the environment. Um, the bigger the crystal, the bigger the energy field around it. So, you know, I'll encourage people just get a big chunk of amethyst or a big clear quartz or a big rose quartz and just set it as an ornament, you know, on your coffee table or your dining room table or, you know, on your nightstand. And they don't have to necessarily know what it does, but what it's doing is transforming the energy in the home. So to me, that's more, I don't, I don't know if preventative is the right word, but it's changing the energy of the air that, that is around us. Um, I will, I mean, I'll also lay crystals on people. I do do some limited energy healing sessions, uh, mainly of people that I know. Um, I lay a crystal on a chakra and it'll balance it immediately. Um, so, I'll, so I'll certainly do that. But when someone comes to me with, they have a physical, emotional, or mental situation going on that they need relief from, I'm going to the oils for that. Um, because that, it's not that the crystals or the energy healing can't work on that, but I find crystals and energy healing is more, you just, you just 
do it. You just have it around you. But when a situation happens, I go to the oils. Interesting. And I find that both crystals and oils will respond to intention. Yes, they do. Yes. And absolutely anything that's energetic is going to respond to intentions. Um, but it also takes the intention of the person. And there's just something more, what's the word, understandable or acceptable about the oils where people understand that more than they do the crystals. So it's their intention that can help with that, which is why I feel the oils um, more for, for an immediate, like yeah. I need help right now. That, that's what I go to, but I combine. I mean, this is the thing that I, that I really like is I, I combine the energies together. I even use a lot of mindset yes. with the oils. I think, that, I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to you and your work because um, I do that in my work. I combine coaching, clearing type work with working with structure, working with uh, chakra balancing, field balancing, herbs, nutrition, oils. To me, it's all about frequency. It's all about helping people to become more conscious of their energy, of energy in general, of frequencies, and learning that ultimately they can become conscious participants in their, in setting and maintaining and being fluid with their particular frequency resonance. Mm -hmm. And so I view all of these as different facets of that one game. And uh, I, I'm a firm believer that the potential and the power and the possibilities of things like crystals and essential oils really come into their glory in this type of holistic, multidimensional, spiritually oriented framework. And uh, so I think that's one of the things that really attracted me to you and your work. And then the other thing is that you and I both uh, have gifts and love to teach. And I think that, you know, that's another thing. And you're really great at taking concepts that can be described in very esoteric complex ways but you you're a bridge builder you're kind of a shapeshifter and you you can you can traverse different worlds and um with love and that's something i really it's a gift and it's something i really admire thank you i think before we go any further we need to do a couple of disclaimers um and uh and then talk a little bit about the fact that an essential oil is not an essential oil is not an essential oil. I think we need to clarify what we mean when we're talking about therapeutic grade essential oils versus what you would get at a store probably. Okay, so a couple of disclaimers. One is, is that essential oils, at least in the United States, I assume in most parts of the world, are not categorized as drugs. And therefore, when we're talking about essential oils, we're not making any medical claims with regard to the oils being able to diagnose or mitigate or treat any diseases, that we're talking about the oils in the context 
of promoting wellness and balance and harmony and normal body functions to their optimum. Um, also, another disclaimer is that the because of the oils that Ali and I use and trust come from this particular company called Young Living, I want to disclose that both Ali and I are independent representatives for Young Living and that if you or anybody else that's listening to this ends up purchasing any oils from Ali or from myself or decides to get involved in Young Living, that there is a financial relationship there. So just wanted to disclose both of those things. And uh, it's important to protect the company and to protect ourselves and to protect the opportunity for people to be exposed to these wonderful oils. Uh, just know that Ali and I are being very conscientious in our languaging and that there's a lot more that we cannot say that you can do a lot of research on your own to learn more about the oils from a scientific point of view. So with that as a disclaimer, uh, Ali, would you speak a little bit about, well, let's build on your statement that you made earlier, that you'd used oils for years and they'd done nothing. And uh, then it was your love for the animals that had you dig a little deeper. So why don't we use that as a segue into this topic about why it's so important to know what grade of oils you're dealing with. So one of my favorite sayings is, you don't know what you don't know. And that is everyone, absolutely everyone. Everyone suffers from that. And I did not know. And I spent 15 years wasting money on essential oils that were adulterated and so low quality that they didn't do anything. And they had so many warnings on how not to use them. And I like to think I'm fairly educated being a lawyer, but I could not have been more ignorant when I was tossing away thousands of dollars of hard-earned money buying I mean, I think I ended up tossing away 50 bottles of essential oils that they didn't do anything. And I couldn't use them with animals, couldn't use them with babies or pregnant women. And, and it was when I really, um, I, I, I took a, a oil chemistry class from a chemist. And when she said, what you smell what you ingest and what you topically put on your skin all goes into your bloodstream. I mean, first of all, I was like, well, duh. But I didn't know what I didn't know. And when I heard that, all of those oils went in the trash that were lower quality because they said, don't put on your skin unless you dilute them. With a was this before or after you had connected with the higher quality oils? Um, this is almost simultaneously, okay. like within about three, three and four months. And when I, you know, and I, I used to be the queen of the plugins and I loved candles and all of that stuff. And when I started learning about the toxicity and that I could get pure fragrance into my home that actually did something therapeutic for me and my cats, 
all of that went in the trash too. I did not know. I'm horrified to think of the damage done to my lungs and to my cats. And so I've been on this real um, non-toxic, um, uh, what's the word, rampage <laughs> is a good word. Um, because I have learned so much from Young Living about living a non-toxic lifestyle. And for the first time in my life, I'm now reading labels. And because we're surrounded by so many toxins, and I have related, you know, without scientific proof, but just from my experience, I have related the toxic overload in our body to emotional crisis, spiritual crisis. I... I don't feel that we can be as intuitive when we are full of toxins. And so for those people who really feel like, hey, I got some intuitive gifts, I really want to expand that, you have to detox your physical body. You, you have to. I know that like I know that like I know that. And so that's become a real um, passion for me to do that. But once I started using the Young Living Oils on me, because I was testing them for the, I primarily work with cats. And oh my word, if you Google essential oils and cats, there's some scary stuff out there. And all of those websites are accurate that oils can harm and kill a cat because they're using oils that can harm and kill a cat, not Young Living. And that's why that's why I have limited myself to one brand because cats are my specialty. And, you know, and I'm not a veterinarian at all, but I work a lot on the emotional welfare of cats, which cats are highly emotional. They are highly sensitive beings, more so than dogs. Dogs just are super happy. <laughs> I mean, they really are. Um, cats are very complex. And so that's why I only use Young Living and, and I've spent a fair amount of time researching other companies. I'll actually go to their websites and I will search for the word animal or pet and I'm not finding any other company. Now, I don't know all essential oil companies. I would never profess to say that, but I mean, I've searched about 30, 30 to 40 essential oil companies and I really only found one other that mentioned the word animal once and it was also in a product that also had a lot of cautions on it. Don't ingest, don't put on your skin. Well, that tells me it's adulterated, so you shouldn't use it with animals. So I was very impressed that Young Living has a veterinary advisory council. They put on the only national, actually it should be called international, animal essential oil conference each year. I was actually honored. Young Living invited me to teach for them this year. In April of 2017, the conference is out in um, Utah, and they recognized my position internationally in animal protection and the work that I do in animal shelters, and they invited me to come and teach on how to support and assist animal shelters and rescue groups with Young Living Oils. Um, and then I was invited to teach um, just last month in the Animal Welfare Summit or the Animal Wellness Summit, uh, which was done online. Um, and I taught on the same topic. So I've really found something quite magical with the Young Living Oils. And I 
honestly, I don't need a double blind study to tell me what they do. The animals tell me how they work because I let the animals choose. And I even put different brands of oils in front of, in front of cats and dogs and they will go to the Young Living Oils and walk away from the others. So there's an energy in them that the two of us know, but I love it when a cat or a dog also confirms that to me. Great. Well, let's, let's actually, let's go back further. Let's assume that the viewer, the listener, this is their first exposure to the essential oils world. Maybe you could go back to the ABCs and just actually get into the, your linear brain and just talk a little, just teach a little bit on the different grades of oils. And then maybe after that, maybe you can go back to talking about the practices that Young Living undertakes to uh, ensure and substantiate their commitment to producing therapeutic grade essential oils and what's involved in that. Sure, sure. So there, there's basically four, four grades of essential oils. So at the bottom, there's what we call grade D oils. These are low quality, um, overwhelmingly synthetic oils. So these are man-made oils. They're made in a laboratory. Um, this is what we find in skin care products, hair care products, bath and beauty products. Um, and you're going to see labels like lavender scented, lavender fragrance. It's not real lavender. They, what they did was they created lavender, the lavender scent in a laboratory. So um, those are the low quality oils. Those oils do nothing therapeutically for the body. So they will not do anything to support your body physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. They just smell. The next grade up is grade C oils. Those are perfume grade oils. And these oils may actually have like lavender oil in it from a lavender plant, but they have been altered or extended with chemicals or solvents or alcohols. And that usually happens in the distillation process. So for, if you just imagine like a pressure cooker or a crock pot, and then you fill it with lavender buds and you put the lid on, it, that's the distillation process where the oils are actually coaxed out of the botanical. I don't want, you know, and I'll never name any other companies, but most companies are going to use chemicals and solvents to get those oils out faster so that they can sell the oils at a less expensive price. So you kind of get what you pay for in the oil world. And, and so these chemicals and solvents actually alter the oil. And a prime example, I was actually showing this yesterday um, in a vendor event that I was doing. I have a bottle of organic lemon oil from another company, but it says on it, don't ingest and don't apply to your skin. Well, it's lemon. We eat lemons. And this says organic lemon. So that you think would be really super healthy to ingest, but it says don't ingest because that label is accurate and it's telling us something that they did something during the distillation process using chemicals or solvents or they altered the oil at some point. And they don't have to tell us that. The federal labeling laws do not you know, mandate 
them to say that. So it's important to look for that. Just because it says organic or pure doesn't mean that it is. You look at what it says. And then the next grade up from there is grade B. And these are your natural, your food grade oils. Um, these are the ones that are labeled organic or pure. They can still have chemicals in them. They can still have adulteration. They can add things and still label it organic. And here's the interesting thing. The organic labeling laws don't apply to essential oils, at least not right now. They apply to farm animal, food, and produce. So organic chicken, organic carrots. The, or the organic labeling laws do not apply to essential oils right now. There is no, there is no oversight. And so anybody can throw a label on anything and that people trust it, but there's no oversight. And then above that are the therapeutic grade oils. Now, again, anybody can throw that label on anything. Um, but the thing that I really love about Young Living is they have their seed to seal process, which I, I'll talk about in a second. Um, and they're very transparent. So that you know exactly what is happening when they distill their oils. The therapeutic grade oils you can use internally. You can apply to your skin directly. You can smell them because all three ways, they're gonna go through our bloodstream. And it's these oils that are safe for use with babies, with pregnant women, with animals. And this is the thing that I, that I didn't know at first. And once I learned, it's like, okay, well now it makes sense. But a, um, the thing that Young Living really does is they are transparent. You can go to their farms. You can watch them distill. And I, I actually went to the Mona, Utah farm three times this year and three different times watched them do some distilling. I watched them distill um, juniper and goldenrod. And I mean, you see the whole process and you see that all they're using is low pressure steam and water. There's no alcohols, no solvents. It can take them weeks to coax the oil out and yeah, it's going to make the oil more expensive, but they're, they're making sure that every constituent, every little piece and part of that botanical is getting out. Because if you rush it, you're going to lose a lot of the qualities, which is why some oils just smell and they just don't do anything. Like you feel no benefit. And that's what I experienced. So I love to have people smell that organic lemon oil and then I put it up against Young Living Lemon. And 100% of the time, that's when people say, now I understand what you're saying. They can smell it. They can smell something in that other bottle. And so, doesn't Young Living also do a lot of completely independent third-party scientific analysis on every batch? Yes. Yes. So the seed to seal process, they pick the right seeds. They don't pick seeds that have been covered in Roundup. They pick heirloom seeds. Um, they are really known for their storehouse of seeds. And so they pick the best seeds. They plant them in the right location. Like here in Lansing, Michigan, I would love to have a frankincense tree out this window in my backyard. Frankincense does not naturally grow in Michigan. So Young Living goes around the world and they create farms um, with the purest land that they can find. 
or they partner with farms that are already there that will adopt our seed to seal standard. And that's why we have farms all over the world because certain botanicals don't grow in certain locations. And then they harvest at the right time. So for example, in mid-January, that's when they harvest Idaho blue spruce and Idaho balsam fir. And they do it when it's 40 below in Northern Idaho. Um, you know, and, and we can go to the harvest and we can be a part of that. And then they do the distillation that I talked about. And during the distillation process, every 15 minutes they are sampling and they are doing in-house testing as well as shipping it out to independent testers. And if something isn't right, they dump the entire load. So it was, um, I want to say, was it earlier in the year or last year? They, they dumped an entire batch of lavender because there's multiple species of lavender. And Young Living has a very specific species that they use. Well, another species of lavender got in and they picked it up. And so they dumped the whole thing. Because it's like, no, we don't have multi-species lavender. And that's what they will do. Um, they, they, they're very, very strict. And, you know, when they dump the oils, they actually put it back out in the field. So it soaks right back into Mother Nature, which is beautiful. Um, and it's really interesting when you do go and watch a distillation process, especially if, um, if they're distilling a tree, you know, the bark of a tree. Talk about the most beautiful smelling mulch you have ever had. And I actually have photos of me in June laying on the juniper mulch. I'm laying face down in it. It was one of the, probably the most spiritual experiences I've had, just breathing in that mulch after it had been distilled. Oh, it was amazing. So their, their process is second to none. No one has anything close to it. And it's, it's what makes it safe. It's why I trust these oils with animals and encourage people to use these oils with their animals in ways that you could never ever use any other oil. And that's what I tell people up front in my training. Do not take what I say and use it with another oil on a person or a pet because you are taking your life into your own hands. You are taking your pet's life into your own hands. What I talk about is only young living and if for some reason you don't like Young Living for whatever reason, you cannot take what I say and apply it to another company. You, you can't. And, and I've had people try to do that and they've come back to me and said, well, my cat got sick. And when I found out what they were doing, I'm like, I'm sorry, you did not listen to the 10 disclaimers that I gave. You can't do that. You did that at your own risk and your own peril. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, my journey to Young Living was through the crucible of the doctor-patient relationship. I had been using another company's oils for about six years, and I found that they were fairly effective with um, a lot of physical-type issues. Mm -hmm. They're probably a higher quality than most of the stuff that's out there, mm -hmm. but uh, about... A year and a half ago, they came out with, that company came out with a bunch of blends that were specifically designed to address mental, emotional challenges. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm very energetically sensitive. And I ended up not using any of them because I found that when I would smell them, that they didn't impact me at all in those areas. And what was happening was my body was defending against something that was in there as opposed to allowing the energy to, to, to blend with mine and create some magic. And so I just never ended up using them with patients or on myself, and I just filed it away in the oh well file, I guess, essential oils and, and uh, emotional, spiritual stuff just is not happening for me in my practice. And I, I went along with my practice. And then after that, I came across the work of a, of a psychologist who I've actually interviewed on this show named Dr. Benjamin Perkis, who had developed a protocol that really respects the way that the brain organizes and stores emotional memory using the Young Living Essential Oils to basically get into that part of the brain, shall we say, where the, or that, that, that resonance where the emotional memory is stored and make, bring that present in a very gentle way and then use the frequencies of different Young Living Oils and blends to, uh, along with a protocol that involves using your consciousness in a certain way. And uh, there are um, consistently tremendous breakthroughs that people have in a very short period of time. And uh, I, my background, my undergraduate background is in psychology and I'm quite well read in cer certain aspects of neuroscience, especially the neuroscience that relates to psychology. And so I saw the brilliance of what he had put together and I reached out and contacted him and we developed a relationship and he was kind enough. I bought his book, which describes the protocol, and he was kind enough to send me at cost some small amount of samples of the major oils and blends that he uses in his protocol. And I was able to actually experience the Young Living emotional oils and blends and had a completely different experience where when I would smell those oils, uh, I was changed. It wasn't like, oh, I'm over here, the oils are over there. It was like, oh, I'm changed. There's something new here. And that's what really sold me. I'm probably like you. I'm probably like a... Uh, an energetic empath and uh, you know that has its benefits and its challenges but certainly one of the benefits was when I when I knew it I knew it I knew that whatever the other company was doing they must be adulterating the oil to some extent or they must be there must be something that is altering the frequency that once you get into these subtle realms of emotions and thought and the soul, the resonance that was required to get the job done was not present. And of course, that's not quote unquote scientific from our current Western prevailing model of science, but it was very valid for me. And it was exciting later on because, you know, it takes a lot of courage for a doctor to make a major shift in a brand. 
because, you know, it's your reputation and it's your patience. But I, I was moved to do it and I did and I explained to my patients why I was doing it. And it was after the fact that, and I know you're familiar with these, I saw some charts of work that had been done maybe about 15 years ago where many of the young living oils and blends were measured for their megahertz frequency. And many of them were multiples higher than even what is considered the vibration of a healthy human body. And I have not seen that same kind of work done with other companies. And I would like to see that work done again with Young Living Oils with some of the newer oils and blends. And I'm actually going to research that. But um, that was my story. So that's a long-winded way of saying that the things we're talking about, what we know the oils can do, and what they can do powerfully and safely, I'm just underscoring what you said, that we're talking about Young Living Oils. And maybe we can segue into the history of different uh, traditions of essential oil use, because there's some people that are esteemed in the essential oil world that think that we're just evil and blasphemous because we talk about ingestion of oils. But there's a whole tradition of the French aromatherapists that include ingestion of oil. So is there anything you want to say about, you know, there might be some viewers or listeners that are thinking, oh, you know, I've heard from really reputable people, don't ever, ever ingest oils and like that. So is there anything you want to say to that consideration that might help to open people's minds? Yeah. So, so there's three different aromatherapy models. There's the German model, uh, which focuses on smelling the oils, inhalation. And then there's the English model that focuses on topical application. But the French model focuses on both of those plus ingestion. And yeah, you don't want to ingest an oil that's adulterated. You don't. Um, that's why I tell people, look at the labels. The labels are telling you Something else is in that bottle, even though by law they don't have to label what else is in it. So Young Living follows the French model, and there are certain standards, um, you know, U.S. standards as well as international standards on purity, and Young Living not only meets but exceeds those and is really setting, setting the standard internationally on what it – really means to use an essential oil that is going to work therapeutically for you. It's going to work at the cellular level. It's going to work at the emotional, the mental, the spiritual level. It's going to work in, you know, we have energy fields. It's going to work in all of these fields. And Young Living has set the standard and continues to set the standard. And every time I hear the founder of the company, Gary Young, speak, he talks about how he never ever blends oils together to create a scent or a smell. He blends them to create a frequency because emotions have a frequency. You know, peace has a frequency. Forgiveness has a frequency. Joy has a frequency. Um, fear has a frequency. And he and his team 
they blend to address that frequency. And when I, when I heard that, you know, I'm the sort of person that when I hear, I don't ever blindly accept what people tell me. But when I hear something that rings true, I accept it. If it doesn't ring true, I start researching to challenge it um, and find the truth. And every time he talks about it, it just energetically just rings true because I've experienced it. And when I got started with Young Living for the animals, I focused only on the emotional blends. I looked at my first order and it was packed with the emotional blend oils, release, trauma life, Sarah, forgiveness oil, harmony, inner child, valor, peace and calming, because that's what I was working on with the shelter animals, all the emotional blends. And at that time, I didn't understand the frequency of the oils, but how the animals responded. And then hearing Gary talk about how he only blends to create a frequency, not a smell. Oh boy, did that ring true. That absolutely rang true because I experienced that. Let's talk more about blending and about Gary Young. So blending is combining more than one oil to create a new synergy. And obviously it's a more complex animal than a single oil. And so there's a lot of things that can go wrong mm -hmm. when you blend. And you better know what you're doing when you blend. And so let's talk about Gary Young and frequency. And um, my sense of him, I've never met him on the physical plane, but my sense of him is that... Um, he has been given a gift of being able to know these oils in a profound way that's way beyond what we would normally call the mind. And when you say he blends to a frequency, do you mean that he just has a natural knowing of what the frequency of something is that he wants to match, and then he can tell when that blend matches that frequency? Or are you meaning something more scientific, quote unquote, or what are you meaning? Well, I'm just taking his words. And honestly, I don't, I don't have that information. Um, it, that's what he tells us. Um, you know, I, I heard him speak. I was at a retreat um, in Utah in September. And again, he was talking about how he blends for frequency. He did not go into detail. Okay. I don't know, but it's, it's my personal belief that it's both. He, he's got the science behind the oils, but he also has the intuitiveness as well as his aromatherapy certifications. And he surrounded himself with those who are certified in aromatherapy because, I mean, the one thing, I don't have any aromatherapy certifications. I don't wish to have them because I don't need them because Young Living does it to perfection because it's, it's more than just throwing a bunch of oils together. It's, it's the order in which you add them. And it's the percentage in which you add them. And it, it's why people study for years how to do this. So anyone who thinks they know how to blend, no. I mean, I'll make some fun blends just for the smell of it and then realize that they actually do something. But I don't even profess to know what I'm doing. And most people don't unless they have really dedicated their life to this. But 
I know that is something that Gary has clearly dedicated his life to. He knows what he's doing and he is surrounding himself with people who know what they're doing, which is why their blends are incredibly powerful. And when I use them with animals, like I said before, animals don't need a double blind study to say that this is what it does. It either works or it doesn't. You know, one of the things I'm really impressed with, you know, because I consider him a genius in his field, is a lot of geniuses have trouble uh, disseminating their innovation into a collective because, because they don't have, the collective doesn't have the language yet right. to have it be real. And one of the things that I'm impressed by in Young Living in relation to, say, a genius like Gary is that he surrounded himself with scientists and people that could help to make that translation for people so that it was so that people felt safer uh, getting their feet wet and then like you had that experience where you you just knew and in terms of the blending you know it's 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 probably not it's probably an open secret that there's a lot of other companies that tried to copy Gary's blends and just legally change one little thing so that it wasn't a blatant theft but you can tell it was a theft and they don't do the same thing and i'm underscoring what you're saying that blending is an art and that the exact amounts and the order and even the consciousness of the blender all really come into play there and it's really interesting if you look at blends from other oil companies, how they all they try to they try to duplicate the blend, but they can't quite duplicate the blend. Right. It it just it, it they can't. They they just for a variety of reasons they can't duplicate it and other companies shouldn't. They, you know, they're, they're just not going to catch up to where Young Living is. You know, they can, they can create their own name and do their own thing, and they should do that. But they're not, they're just not going to catch up. They shouldn't even try. Um, you know, energetically and spiritually, that they're actually harming their company by doing that. They should just focus on what they're doing and not focus on what Young Living's doing, because Young Living is in its own stratosphere with what they're doing. But you were talking about the consciousness, and this is one thing, um, I cannot remember on which trip it was to one of the farms, but um, I was out in the fields with some of the workers and they were hand weeding. You know, they don't use pesticides or anything like that, um, or weed killers. And everyone was silent. And I walked up to one of the workers and I said, what are you doing? And he instantly went, and my eyes got really big. And very quietly, he said, when we are caring for the plants, we are focused on them and not on each other. So he said, focus on the plant, which means we don't talk. So they have an energy out in the fields that is very different. And how they care for the plants, like if somebody is having a bad day or angry, they do not go out where the plants are because that energy can be picked up. 
there's no talking. It's, it's very, very different. I, I will never forget that. Um, but that's, I think that goes along with, with why the frequency is different with these oils. Let's talk a little more about cats, cats and oils. Obviously, cats are extremely sensitive. Do you find that you prefer to dilute the oils in a carrier oil if you're going to be using them with cats? They must be um, for this reason. And, you know, the Young Living oils are completely safe to use with cats. But even with that being said, cats are missing an enzyme in their liver. Um, to excrete oils like we can and like a dog can. And it's that missing enzyme, which is why, you know, even in traditional veterinary medicine, cats are not given the same medicine and the same dosage as a dog is because cats can't excrete medicines and toxins and essential oils the way that others can. So all oils, when topically applied, must be diluted with a carrier oil. They must. And the ratio that I use is nine drops of carrier oil to one drop of an essential oil. And, and you know, my cats get oils every day topically applied to them. And I have their liver values tested every six months for those who are, you know, freaking out right now that, oh my gosh, you're going to kill your cat. I have a 19, almost 19 and a half year old cat and she's thriving. She's doing really well. And when we dilute an oil, it doesn't dilute the potency. The dilution with a carrier oil acts like a time release so that the oils go in much slower instead of going like this, they go very, very, very slow. So that on the other end, they're excreting slow because that's what happens. We don't want the oils building up in the liver. So they go in slow, they excrete slow. Um, you know, same thing for ingestion. My cats ingest a particular Young Living product every day. Um, but then smelling oils, they can, you can just diffuse around cats. Uh, where do you like to apply the oils topically to cats? For any animal, my number one area is right down the spine. Um, it, you do not need to put an oil on the area where you want to put it. I'm a big believer that we keep the oils away from their face because they have a heightened sense of smell. So I tend to get a little upset when I see people putting oils on the ears of dogs. They can't get away from it. They can't run away. Um, so how about I, the paws? I know people that do that, but it doesn't matter where you put an oil. It's going to saturate every cell in the body. So why not just put it down the spine? And I start halfway down the spine and go to the tail. And it's safe if they want to turn around and lick it, but it is far enough away from their head and their sense of smell that they're, they are allowed to get away from it, if that makes sense. So there's not a concern of, of it getting taken up by the hair to the point where it's not really easily getting into the circulation. The air acts, the hair acts like a wick and goes right into the body. So you don't have to get it on the skin. Okay. The hair is just as effective. It's going to go right in. Good, good, good. Um, one thing I want to address because, you know, people like you and me, we've really dedicated, we're really dedicated to sharing 
about these oils with people and really wanting to use the oils as a vehicle to raise frequencies and health and consciousness. Um, I was wondering if you could address a concern that I have, because I'm sure other people sooner or later will have it. And that is that Young Living currently, I think, you probably know better than I do, but I think Young Living currently is doing um, uh, somewhat over a billion dollars a year in annual sales and is growing at a pretty rapid rate, like a, for, for a billion dollar company, like a crazy rapid rate, like, like I think over 25% or something per year. And, you know, if you extrapolate that growth, that would mean that, you know, in three years from now, it would double. And three years from now, it would double after that. So looking at, say, if it continues, looking at maybe six, seven years down the road, looking at maybe a four to five billion dollar company. And, um, and then I'm thinking about the commitment to quality control that Young Living has and how sometimes if they can't get enough of a good quality oil, an oil will be out of stock. And... Um, what are your thoughts about what is being done and what can be done to uh, responsibly continue to increase the supply side of Young Living to meet the worldwide demand? Because I know that the mission of Gary Young and Young Living is to have essential oils, these quality oils being used in every home in the world. And to trying to reconcile that with the constraints about high quality land, high quality soil, training workers. What, what are your thoughts on that? And what, what is being done? And uh, do you have any thoughts on what else can be done? Well, you know, again, I don't have all the information, but what I have learned is Young Living is dedicated to getting the right land and that is their number one goal they're not investing the money back into you know the staff or things like that i mean don't get me wrong the staff get paid but they are taking the profits and they are putting it back out into the land um it is the number one priority so there are people that just travel the globe looking for the right land looking for the right farms that are already in existence that want to partner with Young Living and follow our very, very high, very strict standards. For example, there's a, um, a new farm in Madagascar. And for the first time in a couple hundred years, this family farm is now partnering with Young Living and using a standard that they hadn't used before and they love it. Like they, they can see the difference in what they are doing. So Young Living is very dedicated to this because yeah, the company is growing at kind of scary, rapid rate, scary and awesome at the same time. Um, because people, if these oils didn't work, they wouldn't be growing at the rate that they are. I'll, I'll just put it that way. Because they work, it's growing at tremendous, tremendous rates. So that, 
that's how Young Living is going to be able to sustain it. And like me as a team leader, I have to tell my people all the time when something is out of stock that Mother Nature is our CEO and they're just gonna have to get over it <laughs> if something is out of stock. Like right now, valerian is out of stock until the farm that we are now, um, that we just acquired has valerian ready for us to distill and bottle. So whenever something goes out of stock, to me, it just reminds me of this super high quality that Young Living will never compromise. They just, they will never compromise on this. Even if they have to tell us, I'm sorry, that oil is going to be out of stock for years. There are oils and there are oils right now that have been out of stock for years and we have been without them. And we just have to be patient because once they do come back into stock, then we know all, you know, it's, it's a very high quality. So that's, Young Living is keeping up with it because they are so dedicated to getting the farms. And that is what is unique about us. And, you know, other companies who are trying to get other farms, they're, they're just so far behind. They're, they're so far behind. I mean, Gary Young has been getting the farms for 30 years, even though the company's only been around for 24 years. So we got 30 years ahead of this. And that and that's really the difference. So that that's why I'm not worried because that that is their number one focus. Um, one thing we didn't discuss in this interview that I know is really important to you that I wanna give you a chance to talk about if you'd like, is so far we've talked about oils uh, somehow uh, being applied to living beings, but these oils can also be applied to tables, rugs, glass, your laundry, things like that. and. Uh, do you want to say anything about the whole issue of what Young Living Oils can do for a healthy home and the impact that a healthy home can have on healthy people, healthy animals, healthy families, healthy communities? So at the beginning, I talked about how having just crystals in your home changes the energy of your home because crystals have a frequency to them that resonates out. Some people can feel it, some people can't. Oils are the same way. Oils have a frequency to them. So when you're diffusing an oil in your home, you're changing the frequency of the air around you. Um, you can change... When people come into your home, like when people come into my home, they feel different. They even say that. They're like, wow, it feels so good in here. Instead of it smells so good, they say it feels so good because the, the oils change the frequency. And I'm diffusing 24 hours a day. I've got four diffusers going on <laughs> throughout the day. I've got one sitting here right now in my office. Um, but when it comes to, so we, can, so we can use oils to change the frequency in our home for the better. But we can also use the oils to create a non-toxic environment. And that goes along with what I said, 
that when we are full of toxins, not only can it physically, emotionally, and mentally destroy our health, but for those who are really on a spiritual path and they maybe want to be more intuitive or have more connection to source energy, if you are full of toxins, that is not going to happen, as blunt as that is. So it's about using oils when you clean your home, when you do your laundry, when you do your dishes, um, you know, it's, it's infusing yourself with these oils, which have a frequency. I tend to go a little bananas when I see commercials. Um, there's one right now where it's a laundry detergent and the guy says he smells it and he's like, oh, it smells so fresh. And she washed this 30 days ago. Yeah. That's toxin that is being breathed in. And when we breathe in toxins, they, they lodge not only into the cells, but into our fat in our body. Toxins like to store themselves in fat. And so, like, I think it's beautiful. One of the first things, if somebody wants to lose weight, detox your body. And the fat can melt away when you're doing that. So toxins are really creating havoc in our, in our lives right now because with all the advances in science for whatever that means good or bad we are actually getting sicker as a society and our animals are getting sicker and it's because of all the toxins because it's tolerated because we don't have enough laws in place because you can walk into the grocery style grocery store and walk down what i call the cancer aisle that smells so toxic with fake smells you all know what aisle I'm talking about. It is just overly perfumed and scented, and it's terrible. We don't need that. There are solutions. There are safe, natural solutions. And once you know, you can never go back, which is why I said at the beginning, you don't know what you don't know. And once you know, you will never go back because there's such easy solutions out there. So I love teaching about how to have a non-toxic home, a non-toxic life, a non-toxic pet. And it helps you physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually on all levels. You're gonna be feeling so great when you can do this. That's, that's what Young Living has really done for me. It's not what I intended. It's not what I aimed for. I was focused solely on the emotional well-being of pets. And gee, look what it did. <laughs> I mean, it did great things for me and my family and my parents and all my friends and my entire team. And I mean, I just think of the number of people that are feeling great because of this. And it's like, wow, I did not plan on that. It's amazing. Thank you. The, the last topic I want to address before we move towards closing is this issue of are therapeutic essential oils expensive? And I'll share how I look at it, and then I'd like you to share how you look at it. Okay. What I've discovered is that when I'm using the Young Living oils, a little goes a very long way. I almost always use one or two drops for a personal application of an oil or a blend. And for example, I, 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 have a one of the products I use is called Thieves Household Cleaner, 
and I dilute that at about a 30 to 1 ratio for most cleaning jobs. And so I end up having a quart spray bottle, I think, for less than $1.50. Uh, I also use the Thieves Household Cleaner as one of the base ingredients for making my own non-toxic laundry detergent. I combine it with a uh, unscented Castile soap and some baking soda and some washing soda and uh, some water. And, you know, I'm able to get a gallon of that for, you know, just a few dollars. And so expensive, yes, but expensive, no. Because it's so concentrated, you can end up diluting it quite a bit for most uses. Um, and so that's my take on that. Also, there's an old expression that I learned from my friend, my dear friend, uh, Lisa Koza. She said, pay the farmer or pay the doctor. Yes. So in that sense, it also is, is quite cost effective. Is there anything you wanna say about the, the cost expense objection? Yes, and I have a lot to say, but I'll keep it short. <laughs> You get what you pay for. I spent thousands of dollars over 15 years buying oils that did nothing but smell, and they did nothing for me. So that's a waste of money right there. Second, therapeutic grade oils are so concentrated, just like what you said, that a little goes a long way. For example, and I'm going to give a couple of examples. All we really need is one drop applied on us topically because the human body has 40 million trillion, no, there's 40 million trillion molecules in one drop of an essential oil. So that is the number four with 19 zeros behind it. 40 million trillion molecules in a drop of essential oil. And when you divide that into the number of cells in our body, one drop of an essential oil covers every cell in our body 40,000 times over. You can Google it, the science is out there. So one drop of an essential oil is, is what you need. And then when I look at like the thieves essential oil toothpaste, instead of like on the commercials where you got your toothbrush and you're squeezing on this huge glob, like the size of a pea is all you need. Same thing with the essential oil, you know, face moisturizer, where in the past I would slather it on because it had alcohol in it, it was drying out my skin, I use less than the size of a pea. So all of these, the shampoo, I mean, everything, the oils are so concentrated, you're gonna use far less than what you would with a traditional product. And so it lasts longer. And when you, when you figure it out, you're actually spending less on a product that initially costs more. So you get what you pay for and you're going to feel healthier. You're going to look healthier. People comment all the time. They can't believe my age because I don't look it. Um, I'm not going to get into that, but um, it, these oils absolutely can help you inside and out. And a little goes a long way. I was just going to compliment you your your face looks amazing, the health of your face and your hair and the whites of your eyes. Uh, congratulations. Um, 
It's all young living, including yeah. the new makeup. It's all young living. Maybe we can talk about the makeup another time. Yeah. Uh, is there anything you would like to say in closing? And then also for people who would like to know more and get in contact with you, especially people who have a love for animals. Yes. Um, would you, well, please say whatever you'd like to say to clo in closing and make sure that you maybe a couple of times slowly give your contact information. So, well, thank you if you have watched to the end of this. Um, hopefully this was interesting and fascinating and gave you some good information. And, you know, don't, don't hesitate to use the oils with your pets so long as they are young living. And I have a lot of educational materials um, that are public and online and you can just educate yourself from what I've put out there. So let me give you some of the ways that you can um, get some of that information. So my website is manifestedharmony.com. That's manifestedharmony.com. I have a YouTube page that has, I've lost count, over a hundred online classes. I know I have about 70 online classes on essential oils alone. And that is just youtube.com slash manifested harmony. Okay, so youtube.com slash manifested harmony. I have a Facebook page, manifested harmony. Um, let's see, what else do I have? I have an Instagram page, manifested harmony. <laughs> I have a Pinterest page, not as active on that, but manifested harmony. So you can pretty much go to any social media site, search for manifested harmony, um, and that's where you're going to find that information. Um, and, and you can communicate with me through my social media pages if you have questions. But, you know, the materials that I put out are pretty self-explanatory, and you can just educate yourself and, you know, stay, stay connected that way. So I hope that is helpful. And is there anything you'd like to say in closing? Just thank you for watching. If you've gotten to this point and you, you've watched the whole thing, I'm glad that this was a topic that was of interest to you. Um, it's, you know, something that I'm very passionate about, blending my legal work and my animal work and my healing work together. Um, and finally finding that connection and that synchronicity of, of blending them together. And thank you, David. I really, really appreciate this opportunity. It's been fun chatting with you. You've given me some really good, good questions and we've had a great conversation. So thank you. You're very welcome. Let me see what I'd like to say in closing that uh, I'm very grateful that our paths have crossed and um, I think we're onto some really important work here. And uh, as our team grows, I'd love to invite you out to California sometime so that you can teach out here. And uh, you know, for those of you that would like to talk about the oils with me from a, from a doctor coach point of view, you guys know how to reach me, cuttingedgedoc.com, davidkamnitzer.com, you know where to find me. So ladies and gentlemen, You've been listening to uh, another edition, listening or watching, another edition of Freeing the Body, Freeing the Soul, where we do in-depth interviews with people that are doing cutting-edge work in the areas of healing, spirituality, and social transformation. 
Our special guest today has been the brilliant and delightful and beautiful Allie Phillips. And so with that, we'll close with love and peace. Bye for now. joining us for today's episode of freeing the body freeing the soul to access all episodes including show notes go to cuttingedgedoc.com that's cuttingedgedoc.com lastly if you love today's show you can support dr david his work and the show by going over to itunes and giving a five-star rating and a heartfelt comment Thank you again for joining us today and for your commitment to freeing the body, freeing the soul.